Okay, you're very welcome along to our podcast where we ask well-known people for their top five books. I'm delighted to say today's guest is uh, a very well-known books and arts editor at the Sunday Business Post. He also presents the hugely popular Today FM programme and podcast, Songs in the Key of Life. Nadine O'Regan, you're very welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Now, is this is this a little bit of a busman's holiday for you, talking about your favourite books, given that it's kind of what you do for a living, is reading books? I was so excited when your researcher rang me up about this because I am a true books nerd. Um, you know, for me, actually, the task of getting to pick five books is both ridiculously exciting but also incredibly stressful because, as I'm sure most people tell you, There are so many books you could pick and there are so many orphans that didn't make my list. So some of the books I've picked for particular reasons, maybe because they come from particular parts of my life or were important to me at a particular stage. But yeah, I'm a huge reader and when I go on holidays and I have to get onto that Ryanair flight with just the carry-on, mostly the clothes go and the books stay. Books or do you have a Kindle or a tablet? I have not gravitated in any way towards Kindle. I like the physical feel of a book. Sometimes people give out about this, but I will mark the pages. I like going back to a book and seeing a line stand out to me that I thought was particularly important. A book is a copy of a copy, so I don't have any problem doing that to it. And I just love the actual experience of having a physical book in your hands. And was it always like that? I mean, I know your your, your dad worked in the media, so were, yeah. were books a big thing when you were a kid? Yeah, around our house, books were everywhere. Newspapers were everywhere. I grew up in Skibbereen, lived a mile outside the town, and we were probably one of the only families around the town who would have both a copy of the Phoenix magazine, a copy of Hello magazine, and then every newspaper that dad could buy, we had. He edited the paper, The Southern Star, and he was passionate about literature and would always read editorials. Uh, He wrote, of course, his own editorial. But I was brought up in a culture where words were prized. And from a very, very early age, I was very conscious of longing to be able to read. I would circle the words in the newspapers to pick out the ones that I could read. And I was reading everything I could get my hands on. It was just a passion. Okay. And just before we actually move on to some of those books, I mean... I presume you get piles of books coming in. Hundreds every week. Every week. I mean, is it a bit like when you go on holidays, do you almost not want to get away from all that and just like watch a Netflix series? What I actually love about going away on holidays is to try and read for my own pleasure and to catch up on books that I didn't have to do anything with for you know, interview purposes or review purposes, but just to read the books that other people have been recommending to me. So it doesn't really feel like a trial. It feels like a joy, actually. I I went to the Canaries a few weeks back and brought four books and, you know, just flew through them. And, you know, there are times, I suppose, where you do sit down and watch Netflix, but that's usually when I'm feeling kind of mentally exhausted Mm -hmm. or that things have been so stressful that I wouldn't be able to engage with a novel or with a biography or whatever. But most of the time, I do believe that you're a better writer if you're a good reader. And I think reading is just very important for what I do. Okay, let's get to your first book. And you mentioned being surrounded by books growing up. And this looks like a fairly well-thumbed copy. It's a little-known book by a little-known author. No, it's not. It's a very well-known book by a very well-known author. uh, 1984 by George Orwell. Why did you go for this one? Yeah, I brought in 1984, uh, my tattered old paperback copy. It was one of the first books I took from my dad's library because... Uh, I remember picking it up and for a long time all of his books would have been obviously too grown up for me but one day I pulled that off the shelf and opened it on a particular page to discover that there was a line in it that said 2 plus 2 equals 5 and I couldn't understand how in a printed book 
that sentence could exist. I couldn't understand it. I immediately used it to taunt my younger brother to, to tell him that everything he knew about maths was wrong. Yeah. Uh, but then it became an ambition of mine to read this book. And so I did. But it's a book that has resonated with me over the years, growing in significance as we've seen, of course, the birth of reality shows like The Real World and then, of course, Big Brother, which was named after a concept in George Orwell's book. And now we're in a time where everyone is looking at their Facebook pages and wondering if they have accidentally handed all of their private data to a company that can potentially do an awful lot of damaging things with it. 1984 is, as everyone knows, a story of surveillance and an idea that we are all have the capacity to be overtaken by a sort of cult-like force. And it's the story of Winston, who must grow up in these times, exist and work in a situation where doublethink is at play, where up can be down, right can be wrong, and two and two can equal five, if that is what Big Brother says. Fake news. Fake almost. news. It's a remarkable book and one that if you go back to any page, it just seems to speak to our time. Yeah. Written, I think I'm right in saying I remember from school, written in 1948, I think, because he just reversed, he reversed the digits to call, and called it 1984. Exactly. And it, like, it's incredible the influence it's had on our culture. And I'm even looking at, you know, things like Room 101, you mentioned Big Brother, Double Think, 2 plus 2 equals 5. They're all so well known, even by people who probably don't even know they're from the book 1984. Yeah. It has taken us over and actually it's one of the reasons I wanted to recommend this particular book because I think the people who may have grown up with reality TV shows and with this idea that surveillance is part of our lives now and actually a lot of people don't even care if they're being scrutinised everywhere they go. They're not even putting the sticker over their camera on their laptop. They're not worried about being seen or observed or the idea that a microphone in their laptop may potentially capture what they're saying if they give a particular app permission to do so. They're not worried about it because they accept that we're constantly being surveyed. And I think it's important to actually read a book like this and see how damaging the consequences of such, I suppose, indifference can be. Okay, it's an iconic book. It's a a brilliant book in many ways. I haven't read it in 30-something years. Like, what's it actually like to read? Is it a good read? Well, when I read it first, I found it challenging. And when I went back to it some years ago, it was odd to me in a way because personally, I read fiction for storytelling, for style and for a certain insight into characters. 1984 isn't really like that. It is to some extent, the work of a journalist writing fiction, and George Orwell was, of course, a journalist. This is a political tract in many respects, in the same way that Animal Farm was. It is an attack on, I suppose, or not even an attack, but a look at society. So really, some of the characters function more as ciphers, if you like, in the way that George Orwell manipulates them to show a particular version of society. So if